0: Here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast,
1: where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Great to be with you today. I hope you're doing well. And we have got a really awesome guest joining us today. His name is Ronald Norred and he is a former Butler Bulldog. He was a part of those great teams with Brad Stevens and Gordon Hayward that went to back-to-back national championship games. And, man, I as a Duke fan, I still remember that shot that Gordon Hayward took that almost went in. And even as a Duke fan, there was a part of me that thought, if that thing goes in, that would be epic. But, like, I wanted Duke to win, but I almost wanted that shot to go in, if, if if that makes sense. But it was just it was such a special play, a great game, and knowing that Butler was such an underdog and great story that, that the sports fan in me was like, man, that would have been sweet. Well, all right, I'm glad Duke won. So that was a, a crazy time. But Ronald Norred, uh, he's now an assistant coach with the Charlotte Hornets. And he's had quite the coaching career already before the age of 30. And so we'll get into that uh, with him and, and hear about his story. And also he, he talks a lot about just his, his faith and being a dad and a husband. And uh, the, the, the most difficult uh, thing that he experienced growing up was uh, the, the sad uh, passing of his father, who, who also was a pastor, uh, but, but he got cancer. And so we'll, we'll ask him about that as well. And, and, and one other uh, uh, stat for, uh, for Ronald, he was a two-time Horizon League Defensive Player of the Year, which is a big deal, so that's really cool. Uh, but he was a point guard and, and, and of course, was at Butler uh, during those championship games, but that was from 2008 to 2012 that, that he was there. So we'll jump in in just a moment. Before we do that, let me ask you this. Do you need to get your own health insurance? Well, go to healthmarketgenius.com, know your options, it's healthmarketgenius.com, support them as they support us. Also, check out our website, unpackingit.com, while you're there, sign up to receive the weekday email devotional, Uh, you can also go to our website to support this show financially, uh, stick around at the end of the interview. Uh, I'll share a little bit more about that and a cool uh, opportunity that we have this month. And, and then also, uh, after the interview, I'll share some thoughts, uh, just kind of my big takeaway to unpack uh, regarding something that that Ronald and I uh, discussed during the interview. That all is coming up, but let's jump right in. Here is our special guest today,
0: Ronald Norred intriguing guests and inspiring conversations this is unpacking with bryce johnson
1: And joining us right now on the Unpacking It podcast is an assistant coach for the Charlotte Hornets. And he was a two-time Horizon Defensive Player of the Year while he played at Butler. And they went to -to back-to-back national championship games as well. Ronald Norad is our guest. Ronald, thanks so much for joining us. How are you?
2: I'm doing great, Bryce. Uh, Really glad to be here. Looking forward to diving into some good stuff here today.
1: Awesome. We're, we're glad to have you. And, and first up, it's been such a unique time. And so how are you and the family doing with with everything that's going on?
2: When you, when you look at what's going on in our country and around the world, uh, we're doing really well. And, uh, if this has done anything, it's definitely, uh, given me, uh, a ton of gratitude, a ton of thankfulness, uh, for what I do and, um, you know, what we're able to do during this time. And, um, Man, there's a lot of heroes out there that are doing a lot of good things, and uh, you know I look forward to just giving to those in need.
1: Man, no, that's great, and I, I'm thinking about you. You're you know, a basketball player, then you jump right into coaching, and so you've always been around the the game of basketball. And, and right now, you know, just not having that time on the court and, and not being at games, and you know, not not finishing the season like we anticipated. Uh, you guys would this time of year. So what has that been like, and, and what maybe has been tough about that, and, and has there been anything valuable to kind of the, the, the time away from basketball a little bit?
2: Yeah, it, it's been strange, that is for sure. To have no live sports on, uh, to, not, you know, to not finish the season uh, yet at least uh, um, has been strange for sure. You know, I think the tough part for me was finding um, some consistency just in my day you know you go from game planning and practice and traveling to you're just at home all day every yeah. day um uh, you know so that that's been the weird thing it's been a little bit of adjustment i think i'm i'm finally in a nice routine um where i'm feeling fulfilled <laughs> throughout the day um you know the blessing there's been a, there's been a couple of them number 1 is the time i'm getting to spend with my family um i mean Even if we're out of season, we never get this time where we're at home all day, can't go anywhere, and you're just with the family. I have a two year old daughter, Mm. uh, and I've been married for three and a half years, and the time that we're getting together has has been amazing. I've loved every second of it. It's been, it's been challenging. I mean, you know, two year olds, they need attention all the time. So, uh, we're working, um, but, but it's been so great to just be with the family. Um, I think I've dived in more um, into the Bible. And I don't say that just cause I'm on this show. Um, I think I've dived into the Bible more in the last two months, um, maybe at any other time in my life. Like, you know, I used to make all kinds of excuses as to why I can't, like, I, I got no excuses now, you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's been great to be able to get into the word, get to know Jesus more. Um, and then the last thing is working out. Like I, You know, when I'm in the season, I I prioritize my family and I prioritize my team, and that's pretty much it. I don't really have time for anything else, but this has been a great time. Uh, We got a Peloton bike right before this all happened, which is crazy. Uh, And, man, that's been a huge blessing, too, just being able to get on that Peloton, hop in some of the Peloton classes and and get some exercise.
1: Ah, I love it. Well, those are three great things, family, faith, and exercise there. And so we'll we'll talk about a couple of those. Uh, First off, the the two-year-old daughter. So I have a nine-month-old daughter. And so I'm a little, little bit behind you. So, so take me into kind of the, the phase that, that she's in right now and what, what she's been doing these last couple months.
2: It's so funny to say that because I have another friend who has a nine month old daughter, and we, actually in my church group, and we were on a we were on a uh, call the other day, and I'm like, dude, what do nine months old do? I don't even remember what nine <laughs> months old do. It's so crazy. Like it wasn't that long ago, but you know, so much has happened. Um, right now, she is like, man, she is copying everything that we do. Oh. She is starting to put together words and sentences. I mean, there there was something in the car the other day where I said, you know, my daughter's name is Avery. Avery, we're going to do that later. And she said, no, right now. And I'm like, who taught you to say right now and in that context? Like, where do you get that from? Uh, so that's kind of the, that's kind of where we are. Like we're in the, where did you learn that from stage? Oh. Uh, and so it, man, it's, it's a lot of fun. We run around, uh, we go outside. We, she has a little, um, a little balance bike, a bike with no, uh, pedals. Oh. Uh, where she kind of learns how to balance. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, I think it's more, a uh, newer thing, but so we're doing that every day and getting outside. Uh, it's been a lot of fun.
1: Oh, I love it. Yeah. My, my daughter's just on the verge of crawling. So she, she's moving, but not a full on crawl. So we're, uh. We're, we're embracing the, the, the phase for sure before she's, she's, she's running around. Exactly. Well, so, so you, you mentioned having some more time just to, to, to get into the word. And, and so have you been studying anything in particular, learning anything that, that, that you're willing to share with us today?
2: Yeah, no, there's, there's i uh, I'm not studying anything in particular. I'm actually following this. Uh, it's called, it's on the Bible app. Um, I think it's called two F260 or something like that. And it's, 260 days of going through the whole Bible in chronological order. Um, and man, I've been working through this 260 days for about 400 days. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I hear it's been, it's been great to be able to just uh, dive in daily. Um, and it's, it's, you know, I talked about the excuses thing and I was just reading today in Luke today, um, you know, where Jesus gives the parable, uh, a, a master, uh, uh, having a, a large banquet and having his uh, servant go finding people for the banquet, because, all the people he invited had these excuses as to why they couldn't come. And Jesus says at the very end of the, of, of, in the very end of the earth, that this is how we are with him, that we make some excuses as to why we can't come to him. Mm. And, and the master asked the servant to go get, go find the lame, um, you know, go find the hungry, go find the homeless, uh, go find the blind. Cause those people are coming, mm. you know, and it's just that, it's just that heart of humility. Mm. And uh, man, I, I'm number one, right? I, I make so many excuses. I've made so many excuses as to why I can't get in the word, um, but man, I know I want to sit at that table at the end, and, and I know that comes with a humble heart and just getting to know the Lord more. So, but that that was like that. That was today. I read that today, so uh, that was fresh on my mind, and um, it, it's really fresh in my life as well. Um, and it was a great reminder.
1: Oh man, that's no, that's huge. That's a that's a great parable and a uh, good good word for us today. So I appreciate you sharing that. And, and so as your you know, role as an assistant coach, this is uh you know, you're in a unique spot as far as, all right, what do we, what do we do? What are we allowed to do? We're all at home. So what has that looked like for you just staying in contact with the other coaches, with the players, what, what's been the, uh, the role for you?
2: Yeah, we, we've um, we've stayed connected as a staff uh, with zoom calls about once a week. Uh, and we've worked on a couple of different things, but nothing, nothing big, um, it's been – Coach has done a great job of just letting us kind of be with our families, which has been nice, uh, whilst trying to stay connected. Same thing with the players. We all have a couple players that we work with. Um, and so I've definitely – I've hit my guys a couple times uh, during this time just to check in on them, make sure making sure they're good and they're staying safe. Um, and that's really – that's from, from our team standpoint, that's kind of been the um, direction that I've gone. And then this has been great because – you know, coaches are finding that this is the time that we can all connect and just learn about coaching mm. and learn from one another. You know, we're all competitive. We all want to beat each other all season long, but right now there's no competition. Um, <laughs> so how can we get better? And, um, so I've been on zoom calls probably once a day. Um, you know, maybe a couple of t- you know, during the five days of the week, Monday through Friday. And it's been cool just to hear other coaches perspective, talking about culture, talking about positive coaching, talking about leadership. Um, be honest with you, it's hardly been any X's and O's and it's been more about dealing with people and working with people. And that's been great growth for me. Great learning for me. I'm taking notes like crazy. Mm. Um, so, you know, we don't really get this, uh, to do this a ton Mm. and, you know, people are willing because we got nothing else to do. People are willing to open up and communicate and share ideas and things like that. So that's been really cool.
1: Yeah. No, it's, it's so neat to hear just the, the opportunity for growth for you, both coaching and in your faith, and I, I hope and think that's the case for a lot of people. If they lean in and embrace what this time is, versus sitting around complaining or just sitting around watching Netflix, but to really take advantage of this time, and so uh, that, that's really cool to hear. And and so for you as a coach, what are even some specific things that that you have been learning, or, or things that you haven't even maybe thought about or considered to add to your I don't know toolbox as a as a coach.
2: Uh, something that's, has been fresh for me, uh, is, is dealing with, especially at the NBA level is dealing with the best players and working with the best players, um, or, or even the most challenging players. You know, I haven't been around, like I haven't coached LeBron James, but I always think in my mind, like if I were to coach LeBron James, how would I coach him? Mm. And so just asking that question to different coaches, because it's similar to what, what I read in Luke 14 today. Like, if you don't come with a humble heart to LeBron James, man, you, you might as well find another job because, you know, <laughs> LeBron is the guy on the team. You know what I mean? Oh, and yeah. so, how do you handle that? How do you still, you know, coach LeBron and push him to be the best he can be for himself and for the team, knowing that at the end of the day, the, this is a player's league and um, you're really a servant as the coach? Um, So just hearing other coaches talk about that, sharing ideas, talking about bringing, bringing players in, bringing them, bringing them to the table with you, as opposed to being their authority figure. Um, These are things that I'm learning um, and and really looking to put into practice um, whenever I have the opportunity
1: yeah so because you 're still a young coach and i 'd love to to share a little bit of your journey with our our listeners today because it, it's just it 's cool to, to to read a little bit of, bit about but i 'd love to hear just your perspective on it all because you uh, you, you graduate from butler four year player there, then you quickly get into coaching, you go from high school to college to g league, and now you 're an NBA assistant, and all that happened before the age of thirty. Uh, which is remarkable. So, so take us into that that journey and some of the kind of the highlights and, and how you know one one decision led to the next.
2: Oh man, I've I've been all over the place. I've coached every level possible, as you just named. And I think the biggest part of that um, is I've had some great people along the way that have given me opportunities. And that started with my college coach Brad Stevens. You know, um, right after um, I graduated from college, I thought I wanted to coach college. Um, I got offered a high, head high school job at the 16th biggest high school in Indiana right away Mm. uh, where Gordon Hayward actually went to high school, uh, Brownsburg high school. I'm 22 years old. I get to be a head coach. And I was like, I can't pass up on that. And so I did that. And then a Butler assistant leaves Butler to take the head coaching job at university of South Alabama um, down in Mobile, Alabama, and asked me to come with him. So I did that. But then three months into that, Brad Stevens leaves uh, Butler to go to Boston. Mm. And I never dreamed of the NBA coaching in the NBA. Like I'm from Alabama. I love Alabama football. Um, I love college basketball. We don't have NBA in Alabama. College was my thing. And um, when Brad left to go to Boston, he he allowed me to come with him. And I coached. um, I was assistant coach for the the D League team at the time, now G League. Yeah. Man, it was a great learning. I I learned so much in that time. Um, But it was Brad that got me into the NBA. And I thought I wanted to coach college. Um, Oh, after the G League year, I spent a year with Brad, with the Celtics, and learned a ton more. Um, Mm. I mean, just at a high level. Uh, I literally was sitting behind the bench, and I'm not kidding. The game was going so fast. I didn't even know what was happening at times. The coaches would talk, and I I, I just couldn't process it. Um, The players were so good. The game was happening so fast. Um, And after that year, I thought I wanted to go go coach college. And so I left what – anybody would said it's an amazing job. You're, you're not very smart for leaving this job to go coach at a uh, Northern Kentucky university that couldn't even make the assembly tournament that first year. And the biggest thing I learned in that year is, you know, working with players, but I also met my wife that year ah. um, when I, when I moved to Ohio and uh, man, that was, that was uh, a blessing of, uh, uh, you know, all blessings in my life. Um, and that's been a, a major highlight for me. I got hired to be a head G-League coach right after that year. Um, I was looking to get back to the NBA, and, you know, God found a way to to, connect, to, to make a connection that allowed me to be a head coach uh, in the G-League. I did that at, uh, I think I was 26 wow. um, to do that, and that was an amazing experience, being a head coach for guys that were either my age that I had played against or guys that were older. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I was humbled at that time. I thought I was a really good coach. Uh, I thought I'd go in and just kill it right away. And we were 17 and 33 my first year. Man. We were horrible. And I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about culture and leading other people. Um, I, I did another year as a G League uh, head coach. We, we won 27 games. We were 27 and 23, so a little bit of an improvement. Um, and then I got this job in Charlotte. And I, God's had his way, his hand in this whole path. A lot, Most of these I have not, you know, I haven't been seeking these jobs uh, but God has orchestrated them, and and I learned that in a major way. I'd been seeking jobs, trying to find this job, and how can I get to this path as quickly as possible? And and when I stopped doing that, when I took my hand out of it, um, God really made a way, and um, mm. you know I'm here now in Charlotte, and um, this has been uh, this has been a dream come true, It really has been.
1: Ah, oh, that that is cool, and and to think of of all those different stops, and and you mentioned this a a little bit, but but as far as kind of how your faith grew during those times. Because in many ways, it's hard to, to start over when you get to a new team and a new city and, and a lot of challenges with that. And, and I guess midway through the journey, you get married. And, and so just as you kind of look back at, at your 20s, I guess, you know, what are some of the things that, that come to mind and you know, just ways that you grew spiritually and, and through the challenges, you know, how God really revealed himself to you during those times?
2: Yeah. Uh, I think that first one was number one. Like I, I like leading. I like, some would say I like being in control of uh, what Like I love being the head coach uh, because, you know, I, I get to lead the team, right. You're standing up there and commun and talking to the team. Um, I say it was the same thing with my life. Like I just wanted to be in c- control of my life. Mm. And there were so many reminders, um, you know, through that time, really, like you said, through my twenties, I graduated 22, I'm 30 now. So in the last eight years where um, there's been a push and pull where I've tried to control it. Uh, I realize that's not the way to go. Um, I give God the control and he just, things happen. He blesses me in ways that I can never, I mean, I honestly, I could not imagine having this job that I have right now. You know, years ago, yeah. and I, and I, I just know that was all God. Um, another big part of that is my relationship with my wife. You know, trying to control like you know the way my relationships go and 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 who I'm dating and things like that. And literally, you know, I left Boston to go take a job with Northern Kentucky. That sitting behind the bench with the Celtics is a better job than a Northern Kentucky assistant coach. It just is. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I I left to go do that. And um, who who would have known in that time that. A guy that a pastor that I met who is a good friend of mine now, I met through one of my friend's wedding, had a girl at his church two hours away from where I moved to that w- that he would introduce me to that would later become my wife and, and, and the mother of my daughter. Like these kind of things only happen because of God. And, and, and that relationship, not like many others that I had, I knew that it was centered on faith. I knew that it was centered um, on God and us pursuing him together um, and our marriage being a reflection of of uh of Jesus and the church and you know those are the probably the two big things um on this path, you know, that stand out for me. And 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 then the, the the third one probably is just relationship with people, just loving people, serving people, um, getting to know people um at a deeper level. Um I've tried to do my best to to um develop genuine relationships. I think I've done that. You know, the thing that I would like to do is 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 um, you know, just be a better light as far as sharing the gospel with people. Uh, you know, I think that's a challenge for me, uh, that I can admittedly say I haven't always done well. Uh, and I think that's probably the next phase for me kind of in this journey and this walk.
1: Ah, I love it. Well, coming on today is a, a step in that direction. So I appreciate you being willing to do that. And, and, and going back to that decision to leave the, the Celtics, to go to Northern Kentucky, because, yeah, I mean, we hear that and go, what in the world? That doesn't, that doesn't make sense. Why would you do that? So what was that decision process like, and how did you know that God was really leading you to northern Kentucky?
2: It was really hard. Um, like I said, my heart had kind of been on college. Um, and even though I, was, I had a great life, a great job in the NBA, my heart still felt like college. You know, I wanted to coach in college. And so I talked to Brad Stevens, who, uh, to be honest with you, Brad, um, you know he doesn't he doesn't always share a direct opinion. He shared a direct opinion with me that was like, you know, I don't think that's a great move. And really, career wise, it was not a great move um, for me. And then I talked to Danny Ainge, um, and Danny, and and this is the only that's the only time I've ever done something that Brad has told me not to do. Every other time, Brad Stevens says it. You do it <laughs> like, yeah, this, this isn't that hard, like if this guy says it, follow it, um at that point, I did you know this one time I didn't um I got to uh, Danny angel the g m there, I talked to Danny, um and Danny said, you know he said something to me, I was nervous to talk to him about it, um because Danny had ripped up my literally in front of me, ripped up my old contract and and gave me a new one right in front of my face hmm. and uh, he had given me this great opportunity with the Celtics. And so I was nervous to go tell him that I was thinking about leaving. And when I, when I went and t- told him, he said, you know what, I, th- this is where your heart is. I think you should try it out. You know, I know a lot of people that leave the NBA, they want to come back, but try it out. And, you know, maybe there will be an opportunity if you wanted to come back to the NBA. There's, a, there's this pond outside the old Celtics practice facility. I sat on the bench outside that pond. I was just sitting out there praying. And I just felt the stillness and, and a calmness of the water. Like I just felt God there. And I'll be honest with you. I can't say like, I've always had that feeling, but I had it this time. Yeah. Uh, to, to just go. Um, and and so I did. And, um, you know, it's interesting very shortly into my time at Northern Kentucky, I I, I didn't want to come back to the NBA. Danny was right. But I, I met my wife in that time. Yep. Um, you know, I learned some things about coaching things that I would and would not do. Um, I developed some really good relationships with some good people, and then God made God found a way to. I got a random phone call out of the blue that said, "Would you be interested in being a G League head coach?" And from a guy that I knew, but it was a very rare. I had not talked to him about this opportunity at all. Um, I got that call, and and uh, and I ended up being the G League head coach.
1: That is such a great story, man. I love that. Wow, that it's just so, it's so neat to to hear how. You know, God, God takes us to on a path and into a, maybe a different direction than we would even think or understand. It doesn't make sense to other people, but He had purposes in it, and, and ultimately, you know, He wanted to get you back to the NBA, and He found a way to do that. And uh, that, that is that is neat to hear. And and going back to one other thing you you said too, because I, I think people um, you know wonder about this or struggle with this. The idea of control versus you know kind of surrender and, and trust. And, you know, the idea of, all right, Lord, we, we, we want to go your direction. We want to stay on your path, but we feel like we have to do something or, oh, I got to make sure I do this or that. And, and I don't want to just sit on my hands. And so what have you learned in that regard as far as you take steps of obedience, but, but also you surrender and, and trust. Uh, but, but like you were saying earlier, you, you struggle with, oh, I want to control everything. So I don't know, it's kind of a tough uh, Conversation or, or question yeah. to ask, but, but what would you say about that?
2: To be honest with you, and this, is, this has manifested itself most in, with my career, and I would say those steps of, uh, the steps of surrender uh, and obedience for me, that has been do the absolute best job you can uh, where you are, give as much and serve as much as, as well as you can the people that are around you. And let everything take care of itself. And um, I I, sh- I struggle with that. Not not necessarily serving or giving. I think you know. I think I've always felt like I've had a servant's heart and and, and want to give what I have, give my energy, give my effort, give what I have to other people. I think I've always had that. But I was trying to do so much on the other end of like you know finding different things and uh, creating my own path and saying, man, if, if I just take this job it'll help me get to this job, which will help me get to this job. And when you do that, you're not even thinking about the job that you currently have. You're not even giving the most you can to the people that you're currently with. And so um, for me, that, that's been the, that's been the big shift. That's been the big change. Like, you know what, I'm just going to do really well for the Charlotte Hornets. I'm going to do the best I can do. I can't control what happens from here. I have no clue. I mean, I, I could have had no idea that I was going to get a call to be a G league head coach. Right. Um, and, and the same thing for whatever happens next in our life um, in my life as a coach. But what I can do, what I can control is to love, to serve, to give everything I have, to be the best coach I can be, to learn as much as I can right here, right now, and then let everything else take care of itself. And I think making sure that I'm I'm walking in obedience, I think that's what it looks like for me, and then letting God do all the rest. That's been great for me um, so far, and I I know that that God has his hand in it
1: uh, moving forward as well. Amen. Amen. I love it. Great, great response. And, uh, yeah, I just appreciate the the wisdom behind that and, and sharing from your own experience. So, uh, really cool to hear. Well, well, you have talked a lot about your your faith and, and and reading about your your bio and all that. Growing up, your your dad was a a pastor, and and so uh, I am curious what what that was like, and and what role did he play in your faith journey? And then we can kind of talk about the the, the second part of that, which uh, he he passed away from cancer. But but uh, first up, just his role as a pastor. What was that that like for you?
2: Um, yeah, so I, I got 13 years of life with him, um, which, as you said, we can talk about uh, later, you know, and, you know, I think the, the biggest thing from my childhood that I saw uh, from my dad as a pastor, like, we were in church all all the time. Like, church was church was really just kind of like, for me, especially at that age, like, it was just a thing we went to. It's, it's all I knew. Um, but my dad, uh, I, I'll never forget. Uh, every Christmas with my dad, instead of getting to open all the gifts that my parents got us, uh, my parents or Santa, uh, <laughs> got us, um, we would go to homes, um, in the neighborhood where the church currently still is, um, with people who didn't have anywhere near what we had and we would give gifts to, to them and the kids that were at that house, you know, I'm, I'm eight years old, I'm 10 years old doing this. And I'm not sure at the time I quite knew what it meant, but looking back on that, that, that had a tremendous impact on my, on my life. Like Mm. my dad, um, was, was giving to the least of these and was serving the least of these and really it goes back, goes back to the the same passage that I read in Luke 14 today. Like this is all like just coming back all together. But, um, I learned, I just learned about giving. I learned about humility. I learned about serving through him. Um, and, um, how important that was over any needs that we had, um, especially when it came to all the things that we had, and we were blessed with that it was our responsibility to give it away, um, mm-hmm. to those who needed it. And, uh, that, that had a tremendous impact on me. You know, the other things was you know my my dad was a an athlete um he gave me athletics like he Mm. he fostered that athletic drive um in me um he pushed me you know when I was young times harder than I I know I wanted to be pushed I know there was a lot of times I was mad at him but man he pushed me to be competitive he pushed me to be tough and, and just to love sports and uh you know I'm forever grateful for him for that you know I do wish he could see you know, all that's happened in my life since, but, um, mm. you know, I know he's looking down and, and hopefully proud of it.
1: Oh, absolutely. No question, man. Well, so, uh, gosh, it's hard to, to talk about it. I'm, I'm sure. But, but the idea that you're 13 years old and your dad passes away from, from cancer, what, what impact did it have on you then? And, and even now that you're older and you're a dad, when you look back at that, that time and, and, and what you went through, uh, what are some things that that, that come to mind and, and you'd be willing to share?
2: Uh, it was It was obviously really hard. I mean, you know I think we can all uh, I don't know if we all can, but uh, we can all have an idea about what we were like at thirteen and what's going on with your life and middle school and the craziness and oh yeah <laughs> you know yeah. it's just a crazy time to grow up and you know at that same time um and october it was october 11th so it's right before right in football season hmm. um you know my my dad my eighth grade year my dad passes away after a year a years battle with cancer and it was hard i mean i'm an emotional dude and uh i, I struggled um at that time and it, it there were two years of you know like you said my dad was a pastor and i i just couldn't wrap my mind around um god my dad's a pastor um he he li- literally uh preaching your name every day, building your kingdom on a daily basis for, for his career. How could you take him away? There's people, this is what was going on in my mind, man. There's people far worse than him. Um, and they're still getting the chance to live. And my, and my dad, um, did not get that chance. And that, that was hard. Um, that was a two year, you know, battle of, of anger and, and frustration with God. And, um, I was fortunate to have a lot of really good friends and a great support system where I grew up. And, uh, you know, what really got me through that was I joined a youth group um at another church with my with my best friend uh growing up. Uh, and man, I just saw Jesus in a new way. Um I accepted Christ. I was I was baptized young and like I said I was always around church. I was always in church. Uh, but I finally got to make that decision for myself, you know, to accept Jesus into my heart, you know, repent, turn away from what I was doing um to follow him and uh a lot of really, really good came out of it. You know, what I just shared about my dad serving, like there were all these things that I didn't really see when I was, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, that, you know, two, three, four, five years after he passed away, all these things that my dad had taught me, keeping my chin up when things are are going uh, wrong for me. things like being speaking. Well, my dad wrote a couple of books. He obviously spoke a lot as a pastor, um, how important that was to just speak well, to learn, to read all these different lessons. Um, and a, another huge part of that was my mom mm. and watching my mom lose her husband, have to parent two boys that are 13 and 11, oh. the toughness and the, uh, you know, never quit attitude that my mom had. I mean, I, Like, I I don't know where else I would have seen that. I saw her, um, do that and give to us in a really difficult, uh, situation. And, um, you know, that's built me up and, um, that's, that showed me like things can be really difficult, press forward, do the best you can love those around you. And, uh, and, and kind of the same thing, like let God take care of the rest. And, uh, so there's, there's a lot of really cool lessons that came through that, um, you know, I celebrate my dad's life now. I, I don't mourn it anymore.
0: Mm. Uh, and I'm
2: thankful that I did get the 13 years with him. And for me as a dad, like, I mean, that's had a tremendous impact on me as a dad. Like, you know, I want to give everything I can to my daughter. because I I know what it's like to not have a father and um, I want to love her be present with her. Uh, and that's, what's really cool about this time is that I'm, I can be all in with her. I don't have to worry about basketball or anything else.
1: Gosh, what a great perspective. And uh, just, uh, that's really encouraging to hear. So I appreciate you, you sharing all that and, uh, awesome that you're a, a dad of a, a two-year-old daughter man that's that's uh just so cool and i'm, I'm right there with you as a girl dad so it's uh it's, <laughs> girl it, Dad's that's dad that's right man it's 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 special for sure well um it i got is. i got two more uh sports questions for you and uh man appreciate you spending the time with us today it's it's uh, this is awesome um so you of course are an assistant coach with the charlotte hornets the owner of the hornets is michael jordan the Last Dance is the best thing on television right now. So, what, what have you thought about the, uh, the documentary and, and any, I don't know, new thoughts on, on your owner after, uh, after watching all that?
2: Yeah, the good thing is that it's awesome. The bad thing is that it's literally the fastest two hours oh, yeah. of my week. Like, the two hours I wanted to go by so slow, but they go <laughs> like, you're, you're like nine, it's 11 o'clock already. Like, yep. I got to stop. Well, I got to wait another week. Uh, no, th- this has been really cool. I mean, that last run I was seven and eight. So I don't remember, and I didn't watch a ton of basketball. Um, hmm. so I don't remember it that well. So to go back and, and and see all of this and just watch, uh, you know, Michael Jordan become the player that, uh, he became It's and this, all the stories behind it. And, and obviously I'm in the NBA now. So I, I'm able to connect just things that we go through as coaches and that you see from players to what's happening on the last dance. And, you know, to watch Phil Jackson interact with Dennis Rodman and all these Backstories that you just um, that you hear about, but to actually watch them, uh, it, this is this has been amazing. I mean, I, I I absolutely love it. I tell my wife like, listen, I love you, but these two hours I'm going <laughs> to yep. be pretty locked into this. Um, you know, yep. and, and it, if it's done anything as far as uh, as far as you know, my boss and our owner um, um, it, Michael Jordan, it's just given me more respect. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I don't know how much more you can respect. I mean, I don't know how much more respect you can already have for the goat. But to watch this and to see it unfold, watch his competitive drive. Um, you know, watch the way that he he interacted with his teammates. Even if sometimes it wasn't like, you know, the nicest, prettiest thing. But you know where it comes from. It comes from a place of competitiveness. To watch, you know, him talk about his mom. You know, his letter to his mom when he was in college. Like, you know, he's a real person. You oh, know, yeah. and uh, to, to 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 see that and uh, and to to take that in. Has been really cool, and, and like I said, it's only given me more respect. And uh, you know, he, he's not around all the time here, but I just feel like I have so many questions that I want to ask him <laughs> uh, that I don't even know if I'll get the chance to, but I, that I would love to ask him based on this series. It's it, it's been a, it's been a highlight for this uh, this stay at home order.
1: That's right. It's, it was perfect timing, and I, I love watching it early in the week and then listening to everybody talk about it and read all the stories that kind of get triggered because of what just took place. And it's, it's been great. So I'm, I'm soaking it in as yeah. well. Uh, Cause yeah. Cause what is that dynamic like being a, you know, the coaching staff and, and then having Michael Jordan, the, the greatest of all time as the owner.
2: It's awesome. I mean, <laughs> come on. Like my friends ask me all the time, like your boss is Michael Jordan. Like, yeah. Like I have to pinch myself sometimes and, and, uh, and ask that question to myself. Uh, but it's great. You know, I, I don't have a ton of interaction with him. You know, he's talking to, you know, our gym and our head coach. But, um, you know, he, he's he's involved. It's fun um, when he is around to hear his perspective um, on the game. Obviously, you, ha- you got the greatest of all time that's giving advice to our players on the game and thoughts on the game and, and coming to shoot around, whatever the case may be, and being around. I mean, that's, that's just amazing. And, you know, he truly has this um, aura about him. Um, you know he's there. You know he's around um, and it changes the way you work. I mean, like you can't be lazy around the guy, right? Like you're watching this guy now on TV as a player. And if you have a lazy bone in your body, I mean, you're just going to get chewed chewed up and spit (laughs) out, you know, uh, you you just can't, you you can't be that way around him. Um, just based on what we know about him and, and his work ethic. So that's always encouraging. It's always great. I know I have to push myself um, the best I can, um, so I can be the best for the organization that, um, that, that he owns.
0: Mm.
1: Nah, it's neat. It's gotta, it's gotta be cool to, uh, yeah, get your, your check signed by, uh, by Michael Jordan. That's, uh, that's incredible. No
2: question. Well, so no la-,
1: question. la last thought, uh, today I ended up writing the, the unpack this devotional about the new G league professional path and, uh, ended up talking about just kind of the, the path in life and following Jesus or not. But, but for, from your perspective as someone who played four years in college basketball, you know, had the, the joy of, of playing in two national championships, now you're in the NBA, you, you, you work with young players that, that come you know, right out of college into the NBA, but then you also were a G League or D League head coach. What do you make of this new path for, for, for the top prospects coming out of high school that can end up, you know, making more money and spend that year of development in the G League versus going to play for a coach in college, like you know, Coach K or Calipari or whoever.
2: Yeah, I'll be honest, Bryce. I I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know about it on a deep level. I've kind of read the tweets and things like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, and you know, I I think you know my perspective on it is it, it just gives players another avenue, like another direction to go. Um, and, and opens it up for more opportunities for players. And I, I think that's important, you know, uh, with, with any job that we're taking, right. Or any, any direction that we want to go to be able to have options is a blessing. And so some players want to go to college, go to college, enjoy it. It is an ama- I mean, I, I had an amazing four years of college. A lot of these guys are only going for one year, but same thing, like you're getting on a campus, you're playing on national TV. That's fantastic. You know, that's, that's not for some guys, some guys, uh, you know, there's been some guys that have gone overseas right out of, out of high school. They they don't really want to go to college. So what are their options? And so the NBA creating this path um, for those guys is pretty cool. And uh, you know, I think if guys want to take advantage of that, that's fantastic. They're going to get pushed. They're going to get developed at a high level. Um, they're going to learn about, you know, the ins and outs of being a professional athlete, um, you know, while having the backing of the G league and, um, and those people that are running the program. And I, and I think that's great. Um, and I think the guys that don't think college is their thing, take advantage of, the, of that. The guys that feel like college is their thing, go enjoy college. Both of them are great options.
1: That's right. They're options and they're not forced to go one, one direction. So they've got to, they got to make that choice. So, uh, yeah, good, good insight on that. Well, man, Ronald, really appreciate you being a part of the show today and, and we could talk all day, but, but thankful to, uh, to have you on and, hear some of your story and uh enjoy the the best you can the the remaining time as as we're uh we're at home and uh so cool to hear that you you've been able to soak in the the time to grow in your faith and spend time with your family and and so uh appreciate you sharing all about that today and 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 thanks so much for being a part of unpacking it
2: thanks for having me this has been uh it's been a great opportunity i've had a lot of fun with our conversation uh look forward to maybe doing it again sometime
1: absolutely definitely well there's Coach Ronald Norid from the Charlotte Hornets joining us here
0: on Unpacking It. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson.
1: We're back in studio to unpack the conversation we had with Ronald Norid and what an excellent conversation and just the, the insight, the transparency, a lot of good stuff in there. And and the one big takeaway for me, it's such a tough topic, but it's the struggle that we all have with control. We want to control our lives. We want to control other people. We want to control our circumstances. And we eventually learn and, and whether we fight against it or not, we know that that so much and things are just out of our control and and we we can't control everything and the sooner we do that that we recognize that and 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 stop trying to control everything then we release a lot of that that anger that frustration the uh, the forcing of certain situations or you know trying to hurry things up and and we, oh, we got to control it we got to control it it's all up to me and, and when it comes to you know, really being a follower of Jesus and, and truly desiring to do God's will, to remain on his path, to do what's best that, that, according to him, then we really just have open hands and, and stop trying to manipulate and dictate everything in life. And, and I love what, what he said um, where it's, it's basically we do as much as we can. And, and his focus on serving and giving and, you know, being wherever you are and embracing where you are a, a, instead of always, you know, thinking about what's next. And, and, you know, his story was getting to the point of you're not trying to control like, OK, if I take this job, then I'm going to get this job. And then that job leads to this job and this open door goes to this open door. What, what I loved was his 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 saying where he said, uh, let things come to you that really is such a great spot to get to. And it's so hard to get to that place. And and I know that I struggle in this area because I want to make things happen and I want to try really hard and, and, you know, I want to do whatever I can. But I think sometimes I put so much pressure and so much weight on myself and and try to figure out, you know, exactly what God is going to do next versus letting God reveal what he's going to do at the right time. And, 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 not necessarily sitting on my hands or, or sitting back just watching, but, but it, there is a sitting, on, sitting down with open hands, right? That's kind of the difference. We can, we, we're not going to just sit and be lazy and sit on our hands, but no, we, we sit with open hands. And as God places things in our lives, places people in our lives, places opportunities in our lives, that's what was so cool about Ronald's story. That, that God opened up doors for him that he wasn't even looking for. And I think those are the, the times when it really is evident that that God's hand is involved. You know, we meet someone that we're, we're supposed to marry or we meet someone that we're supposed to you know go into business with and it's kind of out of the blue. It's, it's maybe a, during a season we weren't even looking for it. And and then we, we can confidently know, yeah, God, God brought this person into my life. When there's a peace about it, it doesn't always make sense, it, you know, from our perspective, because the, the, the idea that Ronald Norwood would leave the Boston Celtics to go to Northern Kentucky to coach—I mean, that's crazy. But to know that God did have a plan there and there were there was purpose there, and that Ronald met his wife—what's better than that? And and so, and then God brought him back to the NBA, and, and now he's an assistant coach with the Charlotte Hornets. I love that story, and I love that. We each have our own similar stories. When we look back, we can see God's handiwork. We can see uh, the the times where maybe we've tried to force things and we hit a wall and we get frustrated versus the times where we're open, we're surrendered, and we say, Lord, show me the way. Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? I'll, I'll wait here until you make it evident that I'm supposed to make a move, and I'll stay at this job for as long as you want me to, and if it's time to go, I'll go. And, and I can relate to the story a little bit because there was a time for me when I was doing local radio where I knew it was time for me to leave. And everybody thought, Bryce, you're leaving your dream job. This is crazy. And I ended up taking a little bit of a detour for about a year before God really revealed what he ultimately had in store for me, which was starting unpacking it. And I got a call out of the blue or an email out of the blue, I guess it was, uh, from a radio station that that ultimately allowed me to start unpacking it as a radio show, and now it's turned into a ministry, and uh, all that we're doing and all that God is doing through this ministry uh, is is tremendous. But but I, I went on a similar path where I, I knew that I had to step away. It didn't all make sense. I wasn't quite sure what God was up to, and there were probably times where I was frustrated. <laughs> I was trying to control it, but ultimately God did reveal it all, and, and I love His plan. I love what He's done. And and it's still the ongoing challenge to every day surrender to his plan instead of trying to put all the weight on ourselves, all the the pressure on ourselves to try to figure it all out. I got to do it. I got to do it. And, and I talk a lot about this because uh, if you listen to the podcast regularly, because this is something that I I wrestle with. And I know that a lot of people do because we all want to control everything. I talk to my mentor about it regularly. Uh, he relates to it. We, we want to control things, but God is in ultimate control, and he's asking us to take steps of obedience, and there are things that we, we have to do, but then, there, but then we have to trust him to, to figure out the rest, to do the rest. So that's, uh, that's my encouragement to uh, all of us today, and, and appreciate uh, Ronald getting us there and, and sharing his story and, and, and what he's learned you know, through his own journey and through the process that he's been through. And so uh, one final thought as we wrap things up, really appreciate you listening to this podcast, and we love bringing it to you. We love what we're doing here at Unpacking It. We, we continue to get confirmation that God wants Unpacking It to continue, and even though we're in this situation where sports are on hold, a lot of people are struggling from a, a financial standpoint with the economy, there, there's so much uncertainty all around us, a lot is happening. But, but we've seen that, that God wants us to continue to do Unpacking It, to, to, to encourage, challenge, and inspire sports fans. And so we're going to keep doing it. And if you're in a position to help us financially, we've got a really exciting opportunity for you to be a part of things. And we've had a generous donor step up to say, hey, I'm going to match donations in May. And he's going to match them up to $25,000, which is just incredible. It's an unbelievable gift and opportunity for our ministry. And, and so what that means is we're relying on, on you as listeners and people that are a part of Unpacking It to, to go to unpackingit.com slash donate. And, and whether it's $5, $100, $5,000, know that it'll be matched, uh, which is cool. So you give five, it's actually 10. You give 20, it's actually 40. Uh, and so that's, uh, that's pretty sweet. So again, not everybody can do it, but, but maybe if, you're, if you were looking for a way to you know, donate a, a part of the, the, the gift that we got from the government, uh, maybe it was something like that. Maybe, you're, maybe your company is doing well during this time, um, and you're able to support our, our ministry. We, we thank you in advance. Uh, we we humbly you know bring this this opportunity to you and and also we know that hey not everyone can do it and so we we understand that too. Uh, but we thank you for listening. We thank you for being a part of unpacking it. If you have any questions, you can email me uh, Bryce at UnpackingIt.com. Any thoughts about today's show? Uh, always love hearing from you. Bryce at UnpackingIt.com. Appreciate the texts as well or social media. However, you can get in touch with me. Uh, We love it, so thank you, and uh, have a great rest of your day, and we will talk to you next time here on the Unpacking It podcast, and as we end each show, I let you know that I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. This is the Unpacking It podcast.
0: For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T dot com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.